Welcome to another episode of the Self-Doubt Solution, the show that helps entrepreneurs overcome the self-doubt that holds them back from achieving the next level of success, income, and personal freedom. The Self-Doubt Solution is hosted by the freedom architect, Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share practical insights and tools that help you find the shortcuts for exponential growth and success in all areas of your life. Learn how to build the mindset you need to create a life of true abundance, freedom, and fulfillment. And now, here is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Before we dive into the conversation with my next guest, I have a very special announcement to make. If you're a business owner, I have a feeling you started this journey because you want more than success. You want to live a truly abundant life. That means having a profitable business to fund the lifestyle you love and create a massive positive impact. It also means having thriving relationships with people who inspire and challenge you. Being mentally, emotionally, and physically healthy so you can have the energy to go after what you really want while truly enjoying the process and being able to go on adventures that really make life worth living, rather than just sitting behind your computer all day. So if you would like to be able to have this kind of abundance in your life, then I've got just the right thing for you. The Abundance Accelerator Academy is my new membership community where we host three monthly calls that are focused on helping you improve your mindset, grow your business, and create the kind of freedom you want. There are also monthly community growth challenges that help you build new success habits which you will need to access greater levels of abundance. All of this and more for just $69 per month. If this sounds exciting to you, visit www.abundanceupgrade4.me to learn more. And now, back to the show with my inspiring guest. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Self-Doubt Solution. My name is Mario Lanzarotti. I'm your host, and today I have the plum-pleasing pleasure of introducing my friend, Ira Bauman. Ira is the man who went from being laid off to running a six-figure business in just 12 months. He's a master who is someone who's truly mastered the art of online connections in the LinkedIn space. And that has allowed him to elevate his success and his impact, not just in the online world, but also in the offline world. And besides that, it's amazing what I learned about him. He's happily married over 20 years and he is a father of eight children. And I want to know how he manages all of that. And he runs Bauman Digital Media and Project Help You Grow, among many other things. Ira, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you. Thank you very much. And uh, the answer to your question is my wife is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Ira, you you really have an inspiring story. And I want to know, before we dive into the story, if you could just give a quick rundown of what you do for people, how you help people. So our listeners know exactly where we are at. Sure. Well, I'll start with Project Help You Grow real fast. That's my philanthropy. So Project Help You Grow is something that I founded in 2018. The idea is simple. It's a bridge. The website, it's a website. So it's projecthelpyougrow.com. It helps connect job seekers to recruiters and employers around the world. So wherever you're listening to this or watching this from, this can help you to 
um, to find a job. But most importantly, this is a mindset show, right? So it helps people. A lot of people are fishing the wrong way when they're looking for a job. And the reason why they're having problem finding a job is because there's something broken in the way that they're searching. So we help teach them the correct methodologies so that they can find a job faster. Okay, so that's Project Help You Grow. I run Bowman Digital Media. That's how I make my living. So we help our clients in six ways. We do social media management. So we create the content and we curate it and all that stuff for our clients on social media. We do website development. We do web, uh, website development, graphic design. We do photography, videography, and search engine optimization. And basically all that means is we help people get out of obscurity on the internet, right? Increase their visibility to bring more website traffic so that they can do what they do. That's, that's yeah. what we do at Bowman Digital Media. Beautiful. Thank you. And I think everyone needs an IRA in their life. I myself uh, can vouch for that because, you know, social media is not one of my passions. I understand how vital it is for business success and business growth. So having someone like you by your by their side, I think is a is a great investment. And, you know, you you and I, we both um, connected through the TEDx talk that we hosted a couple of weeks back and uh, you shared your story a little bit there. And I want to know from you, you know, you, you mentioned to me that mindset has been a vital element to your success story. How did this all start for you? Yeah, so I, I cover this pretty deep in the TEDx talk. If you guys haven't watched it, check it out. Um, but basically what happened with me, I started on LinkedIn in 2009. I was on Facebook because at the time, that's where, you know, you shared photos. And that's all it really was, was a photo sharing place for me. Instead of taking my photos to the store and getting them developed and, and paying to ship them out to family, it was like, just put them on Facebook and people can go consume them, right? But then Facebook kind of changed into debate book and I hated it. So I, got <laughs> off. I actually got off of Facebook completely. I was only on social media. I was only on LinkedIn, but I was using it as a research tool. So I was looking for prospects that I could sell to. And so I would go on LinkedIn and, and do research. And I think a lot of people use it that way, right? They stay kind of connected to people they've worked with and they use it for research. And that's pretty much it. Well, in 2018, I had a conversation with a guy that I'd seen on LinkedIn, he actually was saying some things I thought was like bonkers, but he was saying it in a convincing way. And he had like a good argument, a case for it. And he, he issued a challenge. He said, Hey, if you're smart, call me. And that was the, the challenge when I said, well, I'd like to think I'm smart. Right. So I, I picked <laughs> up the phone. I'm not bashful. Right. So I picked up the phone and I called him. I had a two and a half hour commute because I was living in a little town on the outskirts of the Bay area. And I was working in San Francisco so I had a two and a half hour one-way commute. So I talked to this guy from the time I got my car to the time I pulled in my driveway, two and a half hours later, wow. I knew how LinkedIn worked. Now, and I also learned that I was using it incorrectly. So the mind shift, the paradigm change there was going from research tool and connecting with people that I knew to this is how first degree, second degree, third degree connections work and start connecting with everybody who will connect with me because LinkedIn has 30,000 open slots. And because it has 30,000 open slots, it's just a resource. You're either utilizing that resource or you're not. Most people are not, they're not even close and it's wasted opportunity. It's not like I said this in my, in my TED talk too, it's not a marriage contract. 
where like, if I connect with Mario today, it doesn't mean I have to stay connected with Mario for life. You know, you want to do that in marriage, but on LinkedIn, they, you can, they're interchangeable. You can unplug people if they annoy you. Cause that's always the thing I hear from folks. A lot of times like, well, I only want to connect with the right people. And what if they're going to spam me? Well, let me take the what if away. Cause they're going to spam you. It is going to happen. Right. But what you can do about it is you can teach them by disconnecting with them. Like, Hey, I don't appreciate that kind of behavior. And so maybe they'll learn in the future, which is not your concern, but you know what I mean? So you have this resource. That was the, the mindset change. 2018 was just, this is what LinkedIn is and how it really works. Once I understood the apparatus and how it worked, then I, I came up and I developed and I've been revive, re, revising as I go along this strategy ever since. But that was the mind, the mind set, the mind change was I mm. thought I knew social media, which I did for the most part, except for LinkedIn, it works completely different. And that changed my whole life. Yeah. Everything, yeah. everything that's happened since 2018, the launching of Project Help You Grow, the launching of Bowman Digital Media, the amount of money I make, the people I met, I was on a TED Talk. I mean, those things would have never happened if I had not changed the way I think. Right, All right. I love that. And <clears throat> there's one thing that I wanna point out here, which is a word that often comes up you use the word connect, connection. And when was it in your life that you made the connection that the thing that is holding you back is your mindset? Well, there's been lots of times in my life that I've come to this conclusion. It just depends on what we're talking about, right? Like with marriage, honestly, look, I've been married for 22 years in June. But at 10 years, my wife and I were almost divorced. Okay, we were like, we went to bed with the with the, the thought that tomorrow we're going to get a lawyer and we're going to dissolve this thing. We have, we have some issues. Honestly, it was some indiscretions on my part. And I'll let you guys figure out what that means. But I'm not going to glorify my sin. But anyways, I've done some, some things that husbands shouldn't do to their wives. Okay, nice. so we were done. Now, God is merciful and my wife is too. Thank God for that. Uh, and we got past it. And now we are 12 years later. But that required a change in mindset for me. Like, hey, husbands shouldn't do this and treat their wives this way, be disrespectful in this way. And uh, anyways, so there's a, there's a, the first major mindset change that I, that I can recall in my life was for my marriage. Right. But at work, things like um, not being selfish, and being a giver more than a taker. Those things didn't come to me naturally. I was always out for number one. And I was very competitive. Like I'm a former athlete, which I don't know that we'll talk about in this show, but the goal was always to win. The second place is just the first loser. That's how I was raised, right? Mm. So in, in professional world, I was always trying to win. And so sometimes I wasn't the best teammate. I wasn't the best employee. I was productive. I was successful in the area of sales, but I wasn't the best manager or the best leader. So in 2000, I think 2015, 2016, something like that, I learned another big lesson on building up a team and letting them shine as opposed to stealing the shine and holding them back. And that made me a much better professional. So there's different mindsets for social media. The mindset obviously changed in 2018, right? Yeah. 
Um, and as a parent, I think there's things I still need to learn. Honestly, I have eight kids, so I have plenty <laughs> of opportunity to learn this. But, you know, so each, I think if someone thinks they have it all figured out, I, I would be cautious to go, look, your life, there are things you're good at. There are things you're probably not very good at. And that's certainly true with me. So right. the epiphanies right. come when they come. Then what I try to do is to say, okay, well, how can I take that lesson and apply it to the other areas of my life yeah. to make me better? I'd like I wanna, to think that. I want to ask you a question because you said something very important. You, so from what I understand, you said that you struggled earlier in your career and mm -hmm. you, know, you didn't do as great of a job as you now are doing in the business that you're running. And one of the main shifts that you accredit this to is no longer focusing on being number one, no longer focusing on winning. And I, I have an understanding of what you mean. The, and because I, I very much connect with what you're saying. However, I know a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, when they hear that the first time, they're like, what do you mean? That's, well, that doesn't make no sense. Yeah, it's about leadership. Okay, so winning is still important. I'm not saying that winning isn't important. I'm saying mm. it's not the most important thing from the leader's role, right? Mm. If you want to be a teammate, if you want to be a leader, if you want to inspire others to be successful, look, if you're an entrepreneur out there and your goal was to build, and again, we can actually debate if you're honestly an entrepreneur at this point, right? But if your goal was to build a job and all you're trying to do is replace income that you were making when you were working for somebody else, I hate to tell this to you guy or lady, but you're not an entrepreneur. You're a business owner. You created yourself a job. Okay. But if your goal is to truly be an entrepreneur and have multiple things going on and you're working on your business and not in your business, right? You can get away from your, your desk for a week or two. Look, I was just gone from my desk for three weeks. My company ran just fine. Why? Because I've built people up who can do all the tasks. And frankly, some of them do it much better than I could do it at this point. Okay. But how? I'm giving them the tools they need. I'm making sure the obstacles that were in their way are eliminated. I'm making sure that I'm setting them up with clients that they can excel at. And I'm encouraging them and I'm uplifting them and I'm not jealous of their success. I'm not irritated when somebody comes up with an idea or a better process than what I had originally thought of. That's what I mean by not obsessing on winning where I have to be the smartest person in the room I have to be the most talented person in the room. I have to be micromanaging every little detail because why? I would never get to sleep. I would never get a vacation. And frankly, I would have a scared crew that's afraid to challenge me. I would rather iron sharpen iron. And it's okay if some people eventually graduate beyond my capacity and they pass me up. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I don't live in a state of fear. I don't live in a scarce mindset. I live in an abundant mindset in one where I want to help people. So that's what I mean. Mm, I love that. And there's so much to, to, to dive in there. And, and what you just said, you know, I was going to ask you, how in your perspective does one make that shift happen? Because there's one thing in saying, yep, you know, I read it in the books. It's about empowering other people, building them up, training them. Yet one thing that I often see with, with business owners and, and, and entrepreneurs is, or in your, in your case, the business owner, they are afraid to even make this step because there's this thought, well, I can do it better than them. You know, isn't the quality of my business going to suffer? How did you make that shift? Well, <laughs> 
first of all, I probably can still do a lot of things better than most of my staff. And that's okay because mm -hmm. I make more money than they do. And I'm in the position that I'm in for a reason. So I'm not saying that, you know, you're going to hire somebody, especially entry-level folks. And I have a lot of entry-level folks who work for me. But the goal, the goal should not be to have somebody who is hitting 100% of your capacity, right? They can do a professional job. They can do an acceptable job. And it might only be 70%. It might be 80% of what you could do. And that's okay. Because you have a team of 20 people. I'm just going to use mine right? I have 20 people mm -hmm. that work for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if all 20 of my people can do the tasks that they're assigned to do at 70 to 80% of what I would do if I was doing it myself, and you add all of that up and compare it to the 100% that I could devote, right? In my 40 hour week or my 80 hour week, let's be honest, if we're entrepreneurs, we're working more than 40 hour weeks usually, right? So here's the thing, especially if you built yourself a job, by the way, if you have this scarcity mindset, but the thing is, if you take all the math and you add it up, there's a whole lot more than 100% there, right? Yeah. And there's nothing that says that just because you used to do it by yourself at 100% doesn't mean that you can't take a 70 and 80 and put them together. And now you have 150%. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So that's where I think that the thing that people have to do, honestly, is they have to quit being afraid that they're going to lose out on revenue. That's the biggest thing, right? You're afraid you're going to train up your competition. And they're going to become better than you. And then they're going to go try and steal your uh, clients. I will tell you this. This is the thing that gave me peace. It was really, really scary to go out on my own, to get away from the paycheck, to get away from the guaranteed benefits and all those things. And most people don't have the stomach for that. So if you've done that, if you're listening to this and you're an entrepreneur, you've done that, congratulations, because you have more, I hate to use an offensive word here, but I'm going to say it, balls. You have <laughs> more cojones than most people, right? Your tolerance to risk is higher. So you may not be the smartest person in the room. You may not be the most talented person in the room. And that's okay. I hope that's true because that means you've hired some, some great people. Yeah. But the thing that you don't have to worry about, what I've found, most of these folks that you hire with those talent, they do not want to be business owners. They're not trying to steal your business. They're trying to build your business. Why? Because that gives them job security. So don't be afraid to lose to the people that you are. And also, maybe you need a little bit of humility. Because for mm. me, I'm going to just be completely transparent. That was part of it for me. My journey was, you know, because I'm a competitor and I want to be number one and I've worked so hard to be so good and so develop these skills, I know how much time and effort I put into it. And I look at somebody else who's like maybe new or, you know, it doesn't have all that, that resume you know, in it, you know, experience and go, they can't do it as well as me. Yeah. But some people are just naturally gifted. You know, like there's people who try really hard their whole life to be in the NFL or whatever sport you like. I like the NFL or let's say the UFC, right? They want to be a fighter. Okay, great. So they work really hard. They train. They're as good as they can possibly be in their body. But then there's some kid who comes up and he just like, he, does, he doesn't show up for practice. He, he's late. He doesn't show up. He, he doesn't work as hard, but he gets in the, in the sport. And what does he do? He's the number one player. Why? Because he's just naturally gifted. And sometimes people are gifted no matter what it is. SEO, website development, graphic design, the things that I do. There are people that just are naturally better at it than me. They don't have to work as hard and it's okay. Yeah. Look, like I said, if you can get away from having to be a control freak 
and get away from the fact that you aren't the greatest thing that God ever created. There are other people that are, are talented. Yeah. Um, you, you could go a lot farther for me. That's what it was. I think a little bit of humility and understanding that they don't need to be a hundred percent because the way the math works, you can take a couple, like I said, 75 and 80 percenters and put them together and they actually can make a, a better combination than you yeah. are standing alone. Yeah. yeah. Very powerful insights here. Thank you, Ira. And I, I, I love what you said about, you know, this, this the abundance and scarcity mindset and how it relates to leading teams and how business owners are struggling to say, okay, I'm going to give other people a chance to, to thrive. And how that used to be a mindset from, oh, I can do a better job, which allows me to really serve my clients better. What, what it really is, is a fear, is a fear of making space for someone else to shine, because then there is this question, well, what about me then? What do I then do? And I want to ask you, so, you know, obviously the, 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 the show is called The Self-Doubt Solution. And we've already mentioned a little bit of the, the, the patterns of self-doubt, but we haven't really talked about specific issues. I'm curious, how did self-doubt show up in your life, on your journey as you were working for someone and now being uh, an entrepreneur, having a six-figure business and having created much more freedom in your life? What was that like for you? <laughs> so many things to talk about with this one little It seems so, it seems so, you know, simple, like innocuous, right? But there's a lot to unpack, really. I don't know that we have time to unpack it all. But I'll tell you this. I thought because of my family size, and we haven't even talked about this, I, I took 18 years to graduate college, okay? Wow. My wife and I started, uh, we got married in the year 2000, and I graduated high school in 95, but I had switched majors uh, back in 96 so i started in 95 i switched majors i'm sorry i switched majors in 98 i think it was i was two years in so mm -hmm. i switched majors so i would have needed one more full year of college to graduate when i originally went but because we got married and started having kids we wanted to buy a house because we wanted to buy a house and we we're living in the bay area we didn't have the money for that we moved our family to ohio and started a pattern of low paying jobs and moving to make more money. And it really was this vicious cycle that we were in for a long time. When online school education became more prevalent, I finally finished my degree. I started again in 2012 and I finished in 2013 at Liberty University Online. Now I have my bachelor's degree. And that was kind of the first step in this process of changing my mind. Like, hey, I'm worth more than what I'm making and I don't have to move to fix it. Now, unfortunately, I went to work for a job that had a very toxic work environment and I spent way too much time trying to fix a situation I was not empowered to actually fix. And we could talk about that if you'd like. But after that happened and I realized, hey, I've wasted four years here trying not to move, trying to fix because I was trying to apply some of these lessons, but there was, I'm, I'm thankful for, even though it was a toxic environment and it was miserable for four years. And I think everybody was miserable for four years that I was there. Um, there was some lessons, including what I learned about being a good manager and now being a team player, as opposed to being, you know, someone who would usurp credit and 
try to make myself look better than the, than the rest. That's really where I learned it. And part of it, Mario, honestly, was I was trying, the self-discovery came from trying to fix the situation and be a better manager. Mm. It was because it was needed. They really needed help there. So enduring that did, even though it sucked, <laughs> it did help me out, I think, in the long run. But when I got to the point where I valued my own time, I ended up moving back to California where I could command a salary that fit my, my mindset. Now, I talked about earlier, you know, a lot of people don't have the, um, the courage, let's say that word, right? The courage to go from business uh, employee to business owner. Right. Well, I bridged that gap because uh, I was laid off. So we'll talk about that in a second. In 2020, I was laid off. But up to that point, the reason why from 2000 to 2020, I never stepped out and even tried being a business owner is because I thought in my mind I needed the security of the paycheck and I needed the security of the benefits because I have a very large family. And so I think people can understand that and relate to that to a certain degree. I thought basically I had no choice. I did not realize that I could start a business and pay my bills the very first month. I thought there would be a ramp up period of like six months to a year. And I was like, how am I going to afford to live and pay for everything I need to pay for to run that business while I'm ramping my business up? That's the mindset that I had. But what I found is it wasn't true. It wasn't true. Now, I'm not saying that's not true for everybody. There are certain business types where you've got to invest millions of dollars to just open the doors. But the business that I chose to run a consulting business, I don't, everything that I do, it basically doesn't take any goods. You don't need any goods. Like I'm not selling t-shirts that I got to buy raw materials and, you know, manufacture anything that I'm selling intellectual properties, graphic design, website development, SEO, all of that is intellectual work. It's done on a computer if you have a computer, but I already had all that stuff. You know what I mean? So I didn't need any money really to get going. I did spend just in full disclosure, I think $3,000 when I started my company, but that's very, very little in you know, comparison to a lot of businesses. And I was able to make enough money to not only pay for what I needed, but pay my bills the first month and every month yeah. since. So for me, the biggest thing was the biggest mindset change that I had to make was that I could do it. Now, again, I got laid off and I was kind of forced into it. I had a decision to make when I got laid off and I was laid off due to COVID, like a lot of people were. I knew because I run Project Help You Grow. Remember at the start of the show, I told you I run this philanthropy called Project Help You Grow and I help people find jobs. Here's what I know because I run Project Help You Grow. The average job search pre-COVID-19 in the United States was about six and a half months. Ah, okay. Here's why I started my business, even Mm. though my wife thought I was crazy and she really was not for me doing it. Okay. Which is funny. We have an anecdotal story if you want about that too, because I had done something similar to her five years before that, but uh, she didn't want me to start my business. She wanted me to go find another job. And I'm like, we can't live for six and a half months on the unemployment. It's not enough money. We're going to die on the vine here. So really the choice was to be bold almost, you know, it was like, if you go back to the book of Exodus, where you got the, you know, the Egypt, the, the Israelites had left Egypt after the plague, 
they're up against the Red Sea and you got the Pharaoh's army chasing them and they're mad. They're like, ah, what do we do? We should have just stayed where we were because now we're going to die by sea or by sword. And uh, anyways, they moved forward as you guys know the story. And so that's what I did. I felt like I was up against the Red Sea, but I didn't really have a choice. I felt like, well, I'm going to just trust in yeah. the skills that I have. Now, I knew from all my years of experience working as an employee that I was good at what I do. I knew yeah. that. You know what I mean? And because I had built up my social media the way that I had, I had a megaphone or a flamethrower, if you will, to get my message out that most people don't have. Right. So I knew those two things to be true. And that gave me the confidence. So ultimately, that's what gave me the confidence to do it was I, I knew I was good at what I do. I knew I had a way to get the message out. And the third thing was I really didn't have a choice, man. Like yeah. I'm not the bravest person in the world because if I was not laid off, I promise you, I'd still be working for that company, making less money and I wouldn't be doing any of this stuff. Yeah. Before we continue the conversation with my inspiring guest, I have a very special announcement to make. If you're a business owner, I have a feeling you started this journey because you want more than just success. You want to live a truly abundant life. That means having a profitable business to fund the lifestyle you love and create a massive positive impact. It also means having thriving relationships with people who inspire and challenge you. Being mentally, emotionally, and physically healthy so you can have the energy to go after what you really want while truly enjoying the process. And being able to go on adventures that really make life worth living rather than just sitting behind your computer all day. So if you would like to be able to have this kind of abundance in your life, then I've just got the right thing for you. The Abundance Accelerator Academy is my new membership community where we host three monthly coaching calls that are focused on helping you improve your mindset, grow your business, and create the kind of freedom you want. There are also fun monthly community growth challenges that help you build new success habits which you will need to access greater levels of abundance. All of this and more for just $69 per month. If this sounds exciting to you, visit www.abundanceupgrade4.me to learn more. And now, back to the show with my inspiring guest. Well, you know, I, I honor that. And I think what you said brings to mind this, this quote by Tony Robbins, who says, you know, if you want to take the island, burn your fucking boats. And right. that was and pretty strategy. much what you did. That's pretty right. much what I you did. The boats got burned. I didn't light the match, but yeah, the boats were burnt, baby. I was on that edge going, <laughs> dang, dude, there's nothing else for me here. Yeah. Now, the thing that I could have done differently, which I did not do, so I give myself this credit. I never once put out a resume, not once. I never asked for a job. I never reached out to anybody and said, you know, I'm going to do this until I find a job. Because I think a lot of people might have done that too. Yes. Right? Just treat it like a side hustle until. Exactly. So I did, never did that. Right. But to be fair, I saw success the first week. I was getting clients that from that very first week. I didn't even have my business cards in hand and I had clients. So I knew really fast that this was a winning, a winning idea. Yeah. And and something that I want to point out here that that's a recipe that I've used myself is a lot of I see a lot of people that are about to jump into something new. The first thing, and I coach on, I coach other coaches on how to build a six-figure coaching business. And 
I often get, okay, well, what do I need to write on my social media? What do I need to write on my website? And I'm like, forget all of that stuff. You do not need it right now. What you need is human connections. You right. need to connect with people and you need 100%. to do what you said earlier. You need to serve them, provide them 100%. value, ask questions, see where do they struggle, where do they have problems and see well, how you can help solve those problems. Let me add to that, if you don't mind. Please. What people need to do on social media is what you just said, right? So on social media, the approach should have a paradigm shift from using it as an advertisement platform or a way to tell people how wonderful you are, how good you are. Look at this award I just won. People don't give a crap, dude. They really don't. Why? Because they don't know, like, and trust you yet. Once they know, like, and trust you, all that stuff is relevant and it matters. But until you have the connection that they know that you care about them as a person, they don't care about, look, somebody could have emailed me today in my inbox, the cure for cancer. That'd <laughs> be the cure for cancer. I won't even read it. I will not read it. Why? Because I yeah. don't know like and trust them, right? Exactly. Who are you? Who are you? You know what I mean? To me, you're just trying to take my money. So, and I think a lot of people, if they're being honest, feel the same way. You never thought about that from the other person's point of view, probably. And yeah. if you could change your mindset to start thinking about how it would be received, then you would change everything you do in the way you communicate online. Yeah. That's what I started doing really well in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this brings up something that both you and I are familiar with. There's the, the law of the lever, which is all about leverage. And, you know, it's about how can we create impact in the world? Yep. And, you know, even how can you open the doors that will grant you access to more clients? And it's all about leverage. So if you can change the life of one person that has influence, you will, this person might open the door to, to reach hundreds, if not thousands. How many referrals are you going to get from that person, first of all? And then how many people are going to hear that story or notice that story? Like, for example, even in my TED talk, I mentioned the guy that I talked to by name. His name is Michael Connor. I mentioned him in my TED talk. In fact, I mentioned his name twice in his business or his name three times in his business name twice. I talked to him on the phone yesterday. He said, dude, I can't believe you did that. I'm so grateful that you would put my name in front of so many people. And I'm like, dude, I'm just being intellectually honest here. If you and I hadn't had that conversation, I might not have ever done any of this stuff. So yeah. everything on my account is fruit to your account too, because yeah. that was a powerful paradigm shift. Yeah. And so think about what you just said in, in this, in this, uh, in, in the uh, formula that you're referring people to or recommending for people like, here's your, here's the remedy to what ails you, right? Make that impact to that person who has influence and watch what happens as a result because of all the people who will see it or hear about it or they'll tell directly like, hey, you should talk to Mario because I had a coaching business, man. I wasn't getting any business. I got with Mario, he fixed me up and now all of a sudden I'm making six figures. That's a powerful story. Yeah. What we call that in the internet world is a case study. Exactly. So what you would do is you do what you do, you help somebody, and then you write about it, you have them talk about it, you get them on video and have them do it. And then you put that on your, like your website, and your social media content, yeah. content comes easy when you focus on doing what you do to help people as yeah. opposed to analytics, right? Yeah. Don't get caught in vanity metrics because the vanity metrics 
it's fool's gold. That really is the stuff that will keep you from being successful if you're focused on, you know, oh, I got a thousand views today or I got 10,000 views today. Great. Did it generate any leads or interest, right? Did you build any new relationships? Because ultimately, if your metrics are a million views a month, but you're, and I'm having a conversation right after we're done with this, I'm having a conversation with another Bell member, Bellwether member. He's got tens of thousands of people responding to uh, a paid ad on Facebook and LinkedIn and stuff. That's a lot, but they're getting zero revenue from it, right? right. People are going and they're looking, but they're not making the connection. And that's the conversation that we're going to have is yeah. about, okay, less sometimes is more. Yeah. Less a lot of times is more, actually. I agree. Right? I agree. So again, back to the employee that does a 70% or 80% of the job. Well, here's the thing. Whatever task they're doing, 100% frees me from that task. Now I have that time back to do something else. Did you yeah. figure that out, math major? Right? <laughs> they're doing that task at 70 or 80%. The client's happy with it. They're satisfying the professional uh, obligation. But now I'm free to go do my TED talk, or I'm free to go have that prospect meeting or go get that new training or hang out with my wife so I can stay married. You know what I mean? <laughs> or get some sleep, get some sleep, right? I mean, all about that. <laughs> yeah, all these things happen. Less sometimes is m so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Doing, less, then, doing less is my goal. And, 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 and to, what, what I, the way that I refer to this is a quality mindset. A lot, of, a lot of business people are focused on quantity mindsets. Do as much as possible. Reach out to as many people as possible. And then, you know, I get, this, I get these messages on a daily basis all over social media. Hey, da-da-da-da-da. The, the moment I see someone not even addressing my name, I don't even open it. I go delete immediately. I don't care who you are. Like, if you cannot reach out and have the decency to even say my name, Right. I don't know. No, don't, <laughs> don't even bother. So Mario, uh, it's no, it's no like and trust, man. It's it, this, this is true. Humans want to be appreciated. They want to be respected. Honestly, yeah. I don't care if you're talking male or female, old or young, rich or poor, white or black. I mean, any demographic you want, people want respect and they yeah. frankly deserve it in most cases. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if you don't be disrespectful by, jumping into to your pitch because you're focused on yourself guys you, right. you really in my true one of the biggest things that i'm trying to to get out there to folks is to think from the other person's point of view right that's the mindset yeah. change that i had yeah yeah and that is an abundance mindset and that is where you truly create not only success but also true happiness and fulfillment because for the first time you actually step out of your ego where yeah. it's all about you and when yeah. ego is is equal to suffering so that's how i you know how i overcame a severe depression with suicidal tendencies drug addiction anxiety attacks because my life was just about me 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 yeah. me what do i get what do i get what do i get how do i look and then at some point i started asking how can i help other people and that's led me to this, what I'm doing today. And, you know, like everlasting energy levels, motivation, in, inspiration, creativity, because it's all about serving other people. And, creating, right, I have, and, cre and creating impact, right? I mean, we talked about that earlier. That, that's yes. how you create impact. It's not, it's not self-serving about your, your pocketbook or, you know, vanity stuff. This is 
this is life-changing impactful way to live yeah yeah all right with it with an eye on the clock i still want to ask you three more questions all right question, question number one I, from what I'm hearing, I understand you are a spiritual person. And I want to ask you, what role does spirituality play for you when it comes to overcoming self-doubt? So I'm a Bible believer. Mm -hmm. And as a Bible believer, um, my life is not supposed to be about me. It's supposed to be about showing my appreciation for what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. So when you think about life from that point of view, it makes it easier to be humble and it Mm -hmm. makes it easier to be selfless. When I'm not in the proper state of mind and and I'm living for myself, I'm pleasing myself, maybe I'm not watching what I eat or maybe I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing. I'm sinning is the the term that they would use in the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times... I can tell that based on my attitude. So I have a good gauge on how I'm doing based on the attitude with which I'm approaching anything. If I'm defensive, I'm likely not walking in the right mindset, right? If I'm, if I'm not doing anything to help be helpful to anybody, I'm likely not walking in the right mindset. So for me, it plays a big role. It plays an absolute big role because it helps it helps me keep the proper perspective. And honestly, right. remember I was talking about 2010 when, when my wife and I almost got divorced, right? That was a, another thing that changed for me. I came back to that. Like that became a big part of my life. Up to that point, I would tell people that I was like a fake Christian because I knew it. I could fool you with the information, but I wasn't really living it. And frankly, I didn't honestly believe it. But in 2010, to use a a religious term, I repented of my ways. And so I made a change and I started to try to read my Bible every day and pray every day and go to church and honestly live the way I think the Bible teaches people to live. And that made a huge difference in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that, you know, and and I... I'm personally not following the Bible or Christianity by the book. I have my own way of relating to God and and, and spirituality, and it has transformed my life in ways that I cannot even comprehend. And I always extend that invitation to other people to explore what does spirituality mean to them? What does it look like? And then to lean in. And like you said, it's about living your values and walking in alignment with what you believe to be right, the right way. And I think that's important for everybody to do, right? I think that people who have never explored what they believe or why they believe or how they believe should take some time and dedicate to that. And I think it is a noble and worthwhile uh, investment of your time. Yeah, yeah. Second question that I wanna ask you is based on everything that you've shared with us today, what is something that you're still dealing with when it comes to mindset and how, what are you doing to overcome that? Well, look, I'm, I'm a natural born, born competitor, right? Mm-hmm. So I still, it's letting things go. I mean, I think this is, I think this is the challenge that most entrepreneurs are going to face their entire life if they're honest, right? Because you're always going to think that you can do it better. You're always going to be like, why should I pay somebody to do that? They can't even do it as well as me. The answer is this, because they don't need to do it as well as you. 
because you have other things that you should be focusing on, including sleep and time with your spouse and your health. One of the things that I struggle with, honestly, is my weight. I work mm. a lot, so I don't do enough. Um, I'm sitting here, you might've noticed I'm drinking water and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I've committed to drink a gallon of water a day, which means I have to keep drinking because I can't chug it. So I have I to drink like a couple sips every couple of minutes, but I'm trying to lose weight and I'm not going to lose weight if I don't make these changes. But that is something that I struggle with. And I think everybody will struggle with as an entrepreneur is uh, letting other people do what they need to do so that you can do the things that you really need to do, like take care of your weight. Um, yeah. that's, that's the thing that I struggle yeah. with the most. Now I have 20 people. I do have 20 people to help me, <laughs> but I have no excuse, but I still do. I still do more than I probably should. I think that's a very, very honest and transparent answer. And, you know, I, I relate to that myself. You know, I have that same challenge that, that doing more, I would say doing the things that are, outside of my zone of genius. And I'm now in the process of delegating more to my, to my team and to also establish more of a team culture around myself so I can slowly step away and start training people to do what I'm doing today. Can we park on that for just one second? So the genius, I wanna just touch on that genius thing. There, yeah. are, there are things I think that all of us do, like let's say we're the gifted kid in my analogy earlier about sports, right? And so the guy works out all the time, but we just naturally can play. You know what I mean? So those are the things I think that you should focus on as a business owner. Like if you're going to work 10 hours or 20 hours in your business or whatever, focus the things that really you can do that no one else can do and let everybody else take all the other tasks. Again, 60%, 70%, 80% of what you find, but they can do it to give you the freedom to do everything else. But there are some things for example, in my business, I'll give you a real world example. I have 200,000 followers on LinkedIn. I have 110,000 followers on Instagram and not exactly, but right there. Okay. So when I make posts on those websites, they get seen by more people than somebody who might have a thousand or 2000. And that's what's the point of the TEDx talk. So there are those things that I need to do, or somebody needs to log in as me for my company and do on my behalf that nobody else can do. Right. So find those things for you, whatever that looks like for you the genius yeah. things right yeah. and and one question that i'd like to add to that for for our audience as a reflection is like if you only had 20 hours per week to to really create the kind of desired income that you want let's say it's twenty thousand dollars what would you absolutely need to focus on in order to create that outcome that forces you to think differently because then you start letting go of a lot of the things that you think oh i have to do that stuff but you're really not driving the business forward to create can, more value can i answer that question for people yeah it isn't it isn't what you think it is what it really needs to be if you got 20 hours a week and you need to make a significant amount of money you need to outsource almost everything right you need to get all that stuff on your plate you need to be in the people business you need to be building relationships 20 hours a week that's what you really need to do I don't care whatever you think. Oh, I need to draw. I need to take, look, I'm a professional photographer. I'm a graphic designer. I love to do those things, but if I need to make that much money and I only got 20 hours relationships, you can't yes. replace the relationships. There we go. That was a beautiful answer to that. And <laughs> I have one more question. Yeah. And that is the grand finale question. I love asking this, this question. So say you had access to a magic cheat code that allowed yeah. you to, to 10x any area of your life within the next six to 12 months? What would it be and why? 
Oh my gosh. Um, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say time management because oh. I understand, I understand how important that that clock is. It's the one resource that we cannot buy is time. So that's why I keep harping on, you know, getting stuff off your plate, even if somebody's doing it at a lower level, you know, is to free you up so that you have time. So I adopted back in that 2016 to 18 timeframe, I adopted a block schedule. So that's the type of time management system that I adhere to. And it's very helpful, but I'm not perfect at it and I could get better. So if I could 10X my time management, I think the rest of the stuff, because part of that obviously is making a priority of the things that you should be doing and when you should be doing it, right. sticking, sticking to it, getting that sleep I need, getting that exercise I need, instead of allowing people to take me over, get distracted with social media or whatever I get distracted with. I, I, I'm that guy that's squirrel. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you probably figured that out interviewing me here, but you know, um, yeah, I think time management is what I would pick. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, I don't know if that's what my wife would pick for me. Probably should ask her. <laughs> what does he need to be 10 times better at? Next week, Ira's wife. Forget everything he said. He right. is the truth. <laughs> he needs to learn how to spend money better or something. I don't know. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Ira, this was the final question that I had to ask you. I do want to give you one more opportunity to leave a message for the audience, something that is on your heart that you would like to share with, uh, with everyone who's going to tune into this conversation? Yeah, I, th I mean, I think we did a pretty good job of covering the bases here. I mean, at the end of the day, if you are scared to try your own business, I understand, I can relate, I was there, right? Mm -hmm. But I will tell you this, I've never made more money in my life. I've never been happier professionally than I am right now because there's a, there's a satisfaction that comes from working for your own shingle, right? So I would just encourage people that, actually, I, I wanna, I wanna, I'm gonna revise my answer even as I'm giving it, okay? I wanna encourage you to do two things. First of all, I think life takes humility. So the first thing is, if you want to do something new, I'm being interviewed by a coach. And you know what's you know it's, uh, hard to do? It's hard to admit that you need a coach. But I would mm -hmm. tell you that the best athletes in the world, Tiger Woods, Stephon Curry, think about all these people who, I mean, they kill it, man. They're mm -hmm. the best of the best. Yep. You know, Stephon Curry is known as the best sharpshooter in the NBA. In fact, maybe one of the best in NBA history. He has a shot coach, hmm. somebody that he pays to teach him how to shoot. Now think about what I just said. He's the best shooter in NBA history or one of them. And he has somebody who teaches him. It doesn't take anything but humility and intelligence to hire yourself a coach. Okay. Yeah. So don't be afraid to hire a coach. I, I don't know what you need a coach in, right? That's, that's for you to figure out what your goals in life are. And then even if you're really good at something, best athletes in the world they make millions and millions of dollars they hire coaches okay so don't be afraid to hire a coach but the other thing is kind of the opposite end of that so that was humility the other part is to be a little bit self-confident and understand that you don't have to have all the answers to every problem 
before you get started? I certainly didn't. When I stepped out and finally said, okay, Bowman Digital Media is a thing, right? I didn't know that I was going to have employees. I didn't know you know, it's funny. I thought that I would be doing like 90% of my work would be in social media. And it turns out it's only about 50%. We do a lot of SEO. Mm-hmm. I knew SEO is important, but I didn't think people would value it. Yeah. So you're not, no matter how well your plan is before you make it, when you actually do it in reality, it's going to change anyways. Yeah. So don't yeah. be gripped by fear. Have a little bit of bold boldness to take that step. And maybe the coach is the way to help give you that confidence too. Cause now you're not by yourself. Cause I know you could tell even better than I could tell people like the coach doesn't necessarily have all the answers, but they have another point of view and they're on your side and they want you to win. Yep. So you're no, now you're an army of two. If you were only an army of one, now at least you're an army of two and mm-hmm. there's strength in numbers and getting a little bit of uh, extra experience and opinion can take you so far. The third thing there would be don't be afraid to reach out to a mentor. Get, get yourself some mentorship. Where are you trying to go? Find somebody who's already done it and, and befriend them and ask them like, hey, would you mind, you know, kind of guiding me along this professional path? Because like a coach, that can really help you. Now, a coach, you're paying to help you. They can dig really deep. A mentor doesn't always get all the time for you. So there is a difference. But I think if you do all three things, right, that will really, really help you out. Humility, boldness, and some guidance. That's that's what I'd leave people. Beautiful. That that was a powerful finish. Ira, thank you so much for being on the show. I will post your the links to your social media and to your website in the show notes so everyone can find you. And uh, I got to say, it has been a plum-pleasing pleasure. You have dropped a lot of wisdom. And uh, everybody, make sure you check out Ira. He's very active on social media. Um, he's, a, he's an amazing photographer. He shot some of my shots at my TEDx talk. Uh, and besides that, he's an amazing human being. Ira, thank you so much on the show. And I look forward to chatting with you soon. Mario, thank you so much. It was a plum-pleasing time. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, everyone. Thank you for tuning in and I'll see you on the next show.